0: and say eh? not me the bible says i am blessed the bible says he was made poor that i may become rich the bible says i am not weak the bible says i am the head and not the tail go ahead and reign in life go ahead and move mountains go ahead and jump go ahead and win go and make lots of progress in life why it's possible you are listening to a podcast by senior pastor of life free church prophet today we're going to continue with our series teaching that we began last week on interacting with the word of god and as we're explaining on this subject on interacting with the word of god we started by bringing forth the truth or a recommendation that comes from Scripture, from the book of Acts, chapter uh, number 20, verse 32, which tells us, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you and to give you an inheritance. Many of the times we are exposed to arenas where we want success in our lives. We want, obviously, to be built up and even walk in the light of our inheritances but we don't really know how to get to those places nevertheless the bible shows us that if we can bank and interact with the word of god diligently then we can experience a building we further got to talk about some of the things that are found in the word of god and we talked about Uh, the Word of God having provision of promises having provision of principles and Providing a provision of prophetic directions getting to interact with all these three spheres correctly helps us yield fruit amen and amen (laughs) and uh, While we're talking about uh, interacting with the Word of God It is very also important that in as much as we can interact with the Word of God correctly, which enables us to yield fruit, the Bible gets to show us that there's a place where sometimes people can interact with the Word of God wrongly. And whenever the Word of God is interacted with wrongly, adverse results are actually produced from that. So imagine something that is meant to be beneficial for you. When interacted with it correctly, it gives you something great. But when interacted with it wrongly, it brings forth adverse results. The Bible tells us this when we open from the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3 and verse 16. I will prefer we read from the NIV translation. 1 Peter 2nd peter 3 verse 16 2nd peter 3 verse 16. now as peter was writing this he began to you know make reference to some of the writings that the apostle paul writes and uh, many of the times you will notice that within the body of christ or within the church circles there are some contentions concerning interpretations that take place with some of the things that Paul wrote, all right? You... and, and I mean, that's something that we may not look at today. But Peter writes this, and he says this. He says this concerning Paul. He says he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. And he says his letters contain some things that are hard to understand. He's talking about his brother. He's saying his letters contain things that are hard to understand. Then now listen, he says, which ignorant and unstable people distort. So there's an interaction with the scriptures where someone is able to distort the scriptures. But the problem with that distortion is that when the Bible says unstable people distort as they do, to other scriptures, to their own destruction. It simply means once the word is interacted with wrongly, instead of it being able to build you, your wrong distortion of the word of God brings you to destruction. It brings you to destruction. Even in the book of Revelation, the Bible warns us of how anyone that subtracts or adds of these words would be destroyed. Amen and amen. Then it is diligent or it is expedient for you and I to interact with the word of God correctly. Because if I interact with the scriptures wrongly, I am doing it to my own destruction. Wow. Now, from this particular portion of scripture, then we will notice there quite a number of problems. Perhaps let me lay out about three problems that people have, especially with interacting with the scriptures. Remember, Peter says he writes things that are difficult to understand, and then the ignorant ones and the unstable ones distort the scriptures. So it simply means there are three categories of people that find themselves getting to a place of easy distraction because they're interacting with the world wrongly. The first kind of people are those who lack understanding. The second kind of people are those who lack knowledge, the ignorant ones. And the third kind of people are those who are unstable. Hi. So, if you were to at least stick from all those three, Where would you place yourself? Would you place yourself as someone maybe who's considered to be ignorant? Would you place yourself as someone who lacks knowledge? And would you place yourself to be someone who lacks stability? If you find yourself, especially when you're trying to interact with the word of God, as someone who lacks understanding, as someone who lacks uh, stability, and as someone who lacks knowledge, then you need help because interacting with the scriptures just by yourself can bring you to destruction hallelujah yes and that's why Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 18 he makes a prayer he makes a prayer actually he started his prayer from verse 16 because he was saying that um, I pray for you uh, I cease not to give thanks for you in prayers and then he Yeah, next verse. And he says, I keep asking God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. All right, next verse. I also pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of his calling, which he has called you to the riches of the glorious inheritance of the saints of light. Now, if you put it in NKJV, you will notice that Paul is making a very interesting prayer. He's saying, the first time he prays, he says, I pray that you may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know God. So he's addressing the issue of ignorance in your prayer, or in his prayer for you. And in the next verse, he says that the eyes of your understanding, which the NIV called the eyes of your heart, he says that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, it simply means understanding is important for you. You see, when we read the scripture, many people can understand it differently. That's where the problem is. And if your understanding is compromised, then your interaction with the word can also be distorted, thereby producing a wrong result for you. And the Bible says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, and that you may know the riches of the glorious inheritance of the saints of light. Then next, it even tells you how you can, you know, know the power that is at work for you. So you being exposed to all these truths, builds your stability so at the end of the day here is a person who wants to interact with the Word of God they must get to a place where they don't lack understanding they don't lack knowledge and they're not lacking in stability and that's why Paul prayed he says "Ah, you need to be stable you need to be a person of knowledge you need to be uh, a person who has understanding. Then, if that's really the case, we are really dealing with what I can call a posture of the heart. Amen. We're dealing with a posture of the heart. Because obviously it's from your heart that you obviously gain understanding. It's from your heart that you seek knowledge. It's from your heart that you give heed to certain things that make you become firm and stable. In the book of Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse 23, the Bible tells us something in line with this. What does the Bible say? It says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. It simply means What you have planted in your heart and how you have kept your heart will determine the results you receive in your life or you will produce. NIV gives us a a, a, a more, you know, nicer thing. It says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Praise be to God. It simply means what whatever results that you produce in your life is as a result of what has grown from your heart. That's why you will notice something. In Matthew chapter number thirteen, Jesus gave a parable. And this parable that he gave is known as the parable of the sower. And when he talked about each sower, he says the sower would sow on a ground. Then what would happen? Seed would grow. Amen and amen. Seed would grow to become something. And then what that plant will obviously produce? Fruit. So seed is sown in ground and from whatever is sown on the ground it grows out in the same way the bible says out of the heart does what flows the issues of life it simply means things don't just flow things need to be planted in your heart It will just not flow it will be planted in your heart and then you observe as we study the parable of the talents you will notice that one ground has got stones one ground has got thorns that's why now it tells you to keep your heart with all diligence it simply means yes you planted something but make sure there are no thorns make sure they make sure there are no bushes make sure there are no stony areas because out of it flows the issues of life now before Paul, before the writer brings this word up he says something he 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 shows us obviously he shows us that our heart is the place of germination. It's the place of us flowing out things or growing out things. But before he shows us the heart, he shows us gates to the heart. There are certain gates that you and I have to the heart. Start from verse 20 and go back to NKJV. Jeremiah, come. just stand here now look at what the scripture is saying he's saying my son give attention to my words my son give attention to my words then he says incline your ears to my sayings now This scripture is not really showing us the place where the word is meant to dwell or meant to generate. It's showing us the place where the word enters from, the gates. So he's saying, give attention to my words. So the first thing he says, give attention, he's telling you to focus. It shows you that there are many areas you can focus on. But if you can place focus on the word, it simply means you have to literally pursue it. Give attention to my words. Then it says, incline what? Your ears to my sayings. You have access to listen to anything. But if you can incline your ears to his saying, showing you that your ears are gates. Next verse. Do not let them depart from what? Your eyes. Your eyes are gates. How your eyes? What do you read with? (laughs) Yeah. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Then look at what it says. Then it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. It's your heart that germinates the word. Their heart is the place where your, the word should dwell. The eyes, the ears are the gates. Don't let them from your sight. Incline your ears to my sayings. The book of Joshua actually shows us that there's another gate. The Bible tells us, Joshua, this book of the law should not depart from your mouth. It should not depart from your mouth. He says, but you shall meditate on it day and night. What is to meditate? Is to allow something to sink in. Where is it sinking in? Into your heart. So that where the heart is, there can be germination. Because from the heart flows all issues of life. So whatever you place in the heart is what will flow from you. But it's not just about what you place in the heart it is also about the condition of your heart hello it's not just about what you're placing in the heart yes the word of God is important thank you but it's also about what the condition is concerning your heart just because you have seed you don't plant anywhere just because you've seen a ground The condition of the soil matters. Praise be to God. Good luck with the Bible. Now, in Matthew chapter number 13 and verse 3, quickly we'll read to 9. I'm going to show you what the Bible talks about. Then Jesus, obviously, he spoke many things to them in parables and saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. A sower went out to sow. Next verse. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. The wayside is a, is a path, it's like a footpath, it's a road. Some of it fell on the road. Now look at what the Bible says and birds came and devoured them. Next verse. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth on the earth. Uh But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root they withered away next verse and some among us the thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop some hundredfold some 60 and some 30 so we are seeing four different kinds of grounds The first is the wayside. It's the road. I don't even know if I should call it (laughs) the first one. I don't even know whether we should call it a ground for where something is supposed to be sowed, because ordinarily no one sows on a path. But we see that some of the seed fell on the wayside. It simply means it did not reach. Its destination it reached close to its destination now because of that the Bible says a bird came and snatched it away another one fell on stones but the one which fell on stones did not have much dirt or earth hence the seed could not be rooted the other one fell on thorns, but the thorns choked the springing up, yet the other one fell on good ground. Now, this is one of the parables that Jesus actually explains because the disciples were like, "Hey, eh, what are you saying? We don't understand. In verse 18 to 23, he begins to explain. And he says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Jesus is explaining itself, himself, rather. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. That was sown in his heart. Do you see that? It's showing us the problem that we noticed in Second Peter. Lack of understanding. By a teaching, God loves you. How? God loves you. Hey, serious. <laughs> By the time we're done with the service, <laughs> what did we learn? Ah. Ha. <laughs> I need you to be challenging yourself when you listen to a message like this and someone asks you what did you learn last week why has it disappeared where is it gone because that word was meant to be sown in your heart you heard it but there was a bird that snatched it away and then we ask you what did you learn Jeremiah, what did you learn? Then, afterwards, someone in the crowd will say, we learned about interacting with the word of God. And Jeremiah said, yes, yes, interacting with the word of God. But we ask you, what did you pick from it? He said, I remember the title, but not the content. Then it's gone. It simply means that which you attended to, you let it out of your sight and did not keep it in your heart therefore it will not germinate and if there is nothing in your heart what will flow out of you is nothing that's where now we see people produce fruitless results you see why Joshua was told to meditate he was taught to meditate because in his meditation he allows the word to sink in he allows the word to make him understand so you'll be like "Ha! Ah, that same spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives in me when you read it first logically you'll be like okay 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 but then when you say it again that spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives in me wait you now begin to understand that the very spirit that was responsible for the resurrection of Jesus that penetrated through the doors of death is dwelling in you, not visits you. Understanding will come and then you will be like, ah, ah, if I, had this, if I have the spirit, That conquered the highest problem of man, which is death. What is sickness? Understanding. Then it flows out of you. Flows out of you. But sometimes we listen to a message and then we forget. We forget. Next verse. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears. Listen, we're talking about people who are interacting with the word. We're talking about people who come to church every Sunday. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it, not with sadness, with joy. Tezibaw, yes! I know! (laughs) <laughs> you even get your seeds. That, 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 that was a word for me, Pastor. <laughs> it's mine. You received it with joy. Next verse. Yet has no root in himself. He only endures for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises, because of the word, he immediately stumbles. God can never forsake the righteous. I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. The righteous can never be forsaken. No, his children beg for bread. That's my word. A thousand may fall on my side, ten thousand on my right hand, but they will not come near me. You expressed it with confidence, with joy, but you have no root. In short, you have not declared the word of God to have the final say over your life, you've got no root. So if a circumstance comes to speak about you, you are able to switch from what the word says to what the circumstance says. You have no root. In your belief system, if the majority say no, yet the word says yes, you will go with the majority. Because you've got no root. But if you come to a place where you accept and say, no matter what, Jehovah, Elohim, the living word has the final say over my life. I don't care. Listen, when tribulation comes for you, you will not be shaken. You will be like David who says, even if bad news comes, I will not be shaken. My delight is in the law of the Lord. You're not shaking. So you will not just be excited and happy. Ah, I'm excited, I'm happy, I receive it. That word was powerful. Where is your root? Measure. <laughs> yeah, where is your root? How is your heart handled? Being prepared. Next verse. Then it says, now he who receives seed amongst the thorns is he who hears the word but has another problem. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. So what is choking the, what is ch- choking the word? The problem is that your heart wants the world to be built, but it cares for the world and cares for self. So it's got two enemies to deal with. The world the cannot be fruitful in the environment of self and worldliness. All these are identified as enemies of God. Do not love the world. And the and the flesh lusteth against the spirit. So you find the cares. Hey <laughs> I believe in the word. Yet decide you love the issues of the world. Look at what he's saying. It says, It chokes the word. It chokes the word. But I like what it says. It doesn't say, and the word will become unfruitful. It says, he. Meaning the problem is you, not the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Lastly, but he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it. The one who does not let go of it out of his sight, keeps it in his heart. It says, and indeed bears fruit and produces a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So if you heard of an Isaac that produced a hundredfold, he interacted with the word of the Lord. Anyone that produces the fold kind of prophet interacted with the word of the Lord. Amen and amen. And if you study the whole book of Matthew chapter 13, you will understand that it is a chapter that talks about the conditioning of your heart. Because there is an exposure of the ground, which is your heart, there is an exposure of sores. In this scripture, a sower obviously could represent a messenger of the Lord or the Lord himself. But then when you read, that should be chapter, verse, that should be verse 24, but don't go there. But when you read verse 24, you will notice a new parable. It's called the parable of wheat and tears. in that parable the Bible tells us man planted on good ground Then says but while men slept the enemy came and planted showing you there are different kinds of sores so when we're talking about your heart it's not just the Word of God you need to take heed of you need to take heed of other sores who are outside the word of God who may try to penetrate your heart. Because the Bible tells us the enemy came and planted tares when wheat was growing. Later on in, chapter, in verse 31, it tells us of the parable of the mustard seed. And in that parable, it shows us how a seed can be planted and can seemingly be the least of the seeds yet when it grows something that seems small will outgrow every other tree around showing you that truly okay if you were to condition your heart and allow the seed of God to grow it doesn't matter your condition the results it will produce will cause you to rise above every challenge in life. Saints of God we need to produce profit with the ministry of the word and so next week we're gonna talk about practices that will help us produce the 100 fort, the sixty-fold, and the thirty-fold. Let's rise to our feet. <laughs> Thank you.